Hello and welcome. My name's Stephen Dickens. I'm your host. You're with us for the I'm a Mainframer podcast brought to you by the Linux Foundation's Open Mainframe Project. We've got a fantastic panel today, um, changing things up a little. I'm joined by Len Santalucia and Vinnie Tyrone from one of our founding members of the project, um, Vicom Infinity. And we've also got Brian Ross from Private Key. So, guys, welcome to the show. Thanks. So um, if we can just go around the room here a little, I'll, I'll pick on you first, Brian, so that you can get your mute button off. So, Brian, if you could just introduce yourself, tell the listeners a little bit about what you do, what Private Key are all about, and just give us a sort of 30-second intro, and then we'll go around the room. Great. Thanks, Stephen. Happy to be here. I'm Brian Ross. I'm a Chief Pro Product Officer at Private Key. I've been involved with internet-based solutions development since the late 90s. Uh, first as a consultant, working with some large companies such as Citibank, Chase, and Standard & Poor's. Um, I was working with them to articulate and implement online offerings. But more recently, I've been focused as a product manager at some startups, Ohana Companies for Baris, and now PrivateKey. And when we talk about PrivateKey, we're talking especially about human-asserted transaction intent verification. That is, it's an easy way uh, easy to use, but sophisticated, definitive, non-repeatable assertion of authentication and authorization from end users. We call it intent verification. Whether it's a login from a computer or a voice interaction, a workflow approval, or a consent to access your personal information, um, all of these are examples of transaction intent verification. And we've created a tool that's both easy for developers to interact with and for end users to assert these transactions. Brian, there's going to be a lot there in that introduction that I'm going to want to come <laughs> back to. So that, that you've teed okay. that up perfectly, but we'll get some introductions done here first and then get going. So Len, can you just give the listeners a little intro to yourself and then just um, position Vicom and then I'll go to you, Vin. Sure. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, my name is Len Santolucia. I'm the CTO and business development manager for Vicom Infinity. We are a IBM Platinum business partner uh, based in New York. Uh, and um, in particular, my background was I, I was with uh, IBM for over 30 years. And when I retired from IBM, I accepted this position at Vicom Infinity. It's now going on uh, 14 years already and it's just uh, flown by. And uh, at, we had a chance uh, to meet with Brian and his team from Private Key at a uh, voice conference, a different kind of conference for us because we're mostly focused on the IBM Z mainframe, but we went there uh, to uh, introduce our Vicom voice assistant, Vicom Infinity voice assistant, we call it Viva. Uh, we've been on here talking about it before, but um, what we went there to meet was uh, show people a little bit about this uh, from a different perspective being that's based on uh, mainframe security technology, which we'll talk about here. And then we had a, a very nice opportunity to meet Brian and his team, and they had a, this technology we were looking for, actually, this intent verification technology. And... Uh, it was uh, a very nice uh, chain of events from there because we integrated it with, into Viva and then 
also into other uh, important mainframe technology such as CICS, which we're here to talk about today. So that's a little yeah, bit Yeah, well, we'll get in. We'll get into that, Linda. I think there's a lot to unpack, and I'm going to be really interested. But let's get Vinny introduced first. Vinny, if you okay. could just introduce your role briefly, and then I got plenty to come back to just from the introductions, guys. So don't worry. Sure. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Vinny Tyrone. I work for Vicom Infinity. I've been working for them for a long time. Uh, um, 25 years uh, for the most part, and I am an enterprise architect. Uh, and I've my my ba- my background started out in uh, COBOL and PL1 CICS development, so I'm way down in the mainframe there, and uh, eventually worked on all parts of it, including Linux on Z, OpenShift, and everything else. And I got involved with Brian to help him with this project um, to use private key in uh, CICS. But I don't want to steal his thunder, so I'll pass it back to you, Steve. Yeah, fantastic. And, and now, I mean, guys, you can, you can obviously tell that you guys are excited by what we're here to talk about. That's coming across just from the introductions. I mean, Brian. The podcast called I'm a Mainframer. I'm getting the impression that you're new to that classification. So just tell us a little bit, how have you been co-opted by the likes of Len and Vinny into this little gang here? Um, it sounds like you guys have got a cool solution, but just, just get us orientated and get our listeners yeah. who are maybe mainframe people a little bit connected to what private key does and, and, and really what the sync up here. Cause I think you guys are super excited and that's coming across, but it, it's going to be interesting to see the link here. Yeah. So I'm, as you know, Stephen, I pushed back a bit when approached to do this podcast, cause I, I don't think I consider myself a mainframer, but Len uh, encouraged us to participate. He, and he's, he's a mainframer. Really... <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you, you know, know Brian, we've we've so, so let's get this out of the way. We're declaring you an honorary member of the that's gang right. now. Okay. So that's, you, right. you, that's out of the way. We're done on that now. All right. Well, I'm just going to have to add that to my resume. Um, <laughs> so, you know, our journey with Vicom has really introduced us to IBM, and it's been incredibly rewarding, both working with Vicom as a partner and IBM as a partner. Um, I made a point of saying that I've been involved in internet-based technologies from the outset of my career in the ni- late 90s. Um, and that typically is when you're programming and designing it, you don't necessarily think about where your software is going to run, except you're trying to make it as flexible as possible. If you're deploying licensed software that somebody else needs to deploy, you're going to put it in containers. And you're going to make sure it can run anywhere. And you try to make it as lightweight as possible because you know from the early days, even till now, internet applications on the balance, the balance are pretty low resource, have low resource requirements. Um, but we create a private key, it leverages cryptography on mobile device cryptography and the verification of validation of that on the back end. Um, we created a transaction intent verification tool. Um, some of those things naturally have led us and explicitly have led us to Viacom, IBM and the mainframe. We were in, an inaugural member of the Hyperprotect Accelerator at IBM, uh, which was more cloud-based, but it also has some crossover into the mainframe. And the technology of Hyperprotect allowed us to deploy a SaaS version of our offering because we inspect and we have experienced sensitive information flowing through private key. We were hesitant to manage the operations ourselves because we're software developers. 
HyperProtect was an eye-opener for us. And more explicitly, working with Viacom, we've been introduced to Linux on Z, where we've ported private key to. Um, we've developed a gateway with Vinny, who can speak much more intelligently to it than I can, um, that bridges Kix applications to private key, which allows people to have exception processing, workflow processing, rules-based things where a human needs to be involved to be seamlessly handled with a very minimal interaction directly from COBOL to the modern private key platform. Um, so while I'm not a mainframer, or maybe I am now, lately I've gained an incredible appreciation for mainframes past, current state, and I'm excited about its future. So there's, there's a lot there. I mean, it sounds like you're taking the more, the sort of increasingly modern way that people are coming into this platform. You may be coming in through the hyper-protect um, space. You're coming through and sort of seeing this platform in a completely different light. How's that experience been, Brian? You know, you said your background, internet software developer, not any background to the platform. Just what's that experience been coming to the platform for the sort of first time? Yeah, um, I've said this before and it ends up being a boring conversation. It's been incredibly easy. Um, you know, Linux on Z is Linux. Um, working with Vicom, um, which I, and I don't think not to dismiss what Vinny's done or, or Alex has done when they integrated private key into the more native IBM ecosystems. Um, it's been easy. Uh, so, you know, to, to our perspective, the mainframe with all of its immense power and feature capabilities is still, we treat it as compute, um, which I don't want that to sound dismissive for a company like private key that is helpful and, and makes things easy. And I think that's the interesting thing. I suppose you shouldn't see it anything different than just compute. So I don't take that as an offense. I mean, working for IBM and, and pushing this compute platform out, out there that and the comment you made around Linux is Linux that's exactly the experience we want you to have so I think it's really affirming for me Brian that you see it that way and that's been your consumption experience so Len let's maybe flip that the other side you're a classic mainframer and long-standing history on the platform What's been the experience from the other side of that working with private key and how have they fitted in with the likes of kicks and, and some of the other sort of more classic things that we'd see in the mainframe space? Well, the reason why I have the picture behind me, as you can see, that is where I got my start with IBM in 1978. That is building 32, built in 1932 in Endicott, New York, where IBM started in 1924. So kind of sets the stage for a lot of the comments I always make about the mainframe, being a longtime mainframer. But, and I have to say, working with Brian and so on and watching the work they were doing, I found that their skills and their abilities to bring over their software was pretty much the same thing as Brian said. It was pretty straightforward. Um, kind of boring, but exciting at the same time. Um, and seeing them uh, notice the light bulbs going off in their heads uh, about, wow, look at the possibilities here and the chances for them to talk to people in the mainframe uh, world 
uh, environment, market, whatever way you want to call it, was just very, very exciting to see. And I um, then, especially when I saw them getting involved with, once they got their uh, solution onto Linux on Z, Vinny helped a lot with that. And um, uh, then seeing them also with something else that Vinny helped them a lot with was getting their uh, uh, intent verification engine to interface directly to CICS. And as you know, almost every mainframe customer in the world runs CICS. So that could open up a whole new way for CICS as well as private key to access the mainframe in a much different way than it ever was before. So that that's what I kind of saw happening here besides getting a chance to know some very nice people at private key. Well, that's, that's something that, and I'm not going to call it CICS because over the other side of the pond, we call it kicks, as you know, Len, but I mean, we won't get into that sort of debate. So, so Lenny, no just talk us a little bit through the connection between kicks and private key. What's, what's the, what's the use case? So I'm a big mainframe shop. I've got kicks. I'm looking at, um, modernizing the platform. I'm paranoid about security. Just give me the sort of two, three minute story of where Kicks and Private Key can sort of come together and what, what that use case would be for me. Hi. So, uh, so we, we were, we looked at Private Key and, and like Brian said, we did port it to Linux on Z and we also um, ran it in a container also. And it just seemed natural that since most uh, customers are running CICS, either either green screen or some other way, that this would be a great fit. And and so I had worked on the uh, COBOL side of it, and one of their team members uh, worked on the Java side. And we running Liberty, we have a gateway um, written in Java that talks to private key. And I wrote the COBOL side. I wrote a gateway that will talk to Java. So basically what it came down to is any, anyone that needs to, um, to uh, ensure that they have uh, intent verification, you know, let's say you have a million dollar transaction um, and Brian could talk to these scenarios much better than me. But if you have a transaction that you want to have inventor, uh, uh, that if you needed to have um, it verified, uh, the COBOL program can call the COBOL gateway, the private key COBOL gateway, which will in turn call the, um, the Java gateway. And it'll call a private key server which will send the uh, intent out to uh, a phone for verification. Fantastic. So, I mean, Brian, do you want to sort of give us your perspective of that? I mean, Vinny's there giving us a view from the from the kicks sort of side and how that calls out. How's the private key application to sort of receiving that kicks request, if you will? How's that coming down the line to you guys? Yeah, and Stephen, let me roll back a little bit to your first question, the use cases this supports, um, because I think it's important for the context. Um, we were excited, you know, as we learned about the mainframe and Kix in particular, uh, you know, the volume of transactions that run through Kix, it, it seems like a company who focuses on transaction intent verification might somehow want to connect to that. 
that seemed to us to be a no-brainer because some of those transactions are going to have data integrity issues that need human interaction. They're going to hit up against a rule um, that requires approval, authorization, intervention. It might need multiple party authorization. Um, so it might simply just be something that says, can we access this data? All of those use cases are something that private key was designed to address. And it's able to address them in a contextual and innovative way. So you can provide the user with the context of the information. It's not gonna be a text message saying apply, reply yes or no. It can be a very rich depiction of what information is there, what's needed. It could even be a form that allows them to submit information back into the data stream. So those are the use cases. From our perspective, um, and you know, there's so many people to thank for this development. Uh, Vinny, first and foremost, Lee Compton, who helped him navigate how to integrate our program with uh, Kix, Ben Holland on my side. Um, because we used the gateway that leveraged uh, Java and Liberty, it, it just meant we needed to write a simple API broker between our existing API and the Kix and, and COBOL programs running in Kix. Um, so I, Ben wrote it. I, I don't know exactly what we're talking about. We are talking about a handful of lines of code. I mean, maybe a little bit more than that to actually ultimately facilitate this. Uh, Vinny also obviously had his side on the COBOL, but with those two pieces, it really means anybody with a native COBOL application doesn't need to go out to a middle tier application running on Linux anywhere else. Um, they can simply let their COBOL logic, their core business logic drive the authorization flow out to private key and back without any other intermediary. We think it's a real win for Kix programmers and applications looking for this type of solution. And Brian, when you say go out to private key, is that private <laughs> yeah. key running on HyperProtect as a SaaS service? Is that is that kind of really where the call's going out to? Sure. Um, we created, as I suggested before, when you're developing software like a company like private key, you have to be as flexible as possible. So the SaaS offering is one of many ways with which a company could deploy private key. It's obviously the easiest and quickest way, but they could deploy it in their own mainframe on Linux on Z. They could deploy it in their own IBM cloud instance if they have a hybrid cloud. They could deploy it on HyperProtect or a simple Linux server. But yeah, it's a running instance of the private key API server. So lots of flexibility there. IBM Linux One systems running in HyperProtect in the IBM cloud, Linux on-prem on, on an IBM mainframe. You know, lots of different deployment options. I'd imagine is security the biggest driver about what people are wanting to do there, whether they want it public or private? Is that what's driving um, people here? It's really just how they are, in my experience, selling software into enterprises, small and large, it's more their comfort level and where they're already exist, have existing expertise in infrastructure. Um, for us, HyperProtect was critical for the security if we are going to maintain the operations of third-party data running through our system. But uh, as far as our customers and prospects, it really seems to be the inertia of their existing infrastructure. So Len, I know you've got a lot of connections out into the industry and a lot of happy customers who work with Vicom. What are you seeing as the adoption? I get the impression you guys are starting to take this to market. What's been that initial customer reaction that you're getting? We uh, have had very good uh, introduction of private key from just when they were doing intent verification on things with Viva. But then when we took it to the level of CICS and started getting the word out, we found out that it was 
going to make a lot of sense to have an actual session just for with us in private key for the CICS or KICS audience uh, that uh, exists around the United States. So um, we're going to be doing that in the month of June. I believe it's uh, June 24th, as a matter of fact, for a lunch and learn for all CICS customers to hear about this because the initial impressions we got with the few that we really have extremely close relationships were, oh, wow, this thing's very good. So I think it's going to be excellent. Fantastic. Yeah, and, and that uh, presentation will also include Lee Compton explaining kind of the broader capabilities of CICS and integration with Java, which is pretty exciting for the audience. And it'll feature a uh, demonstration run off a 3270 emulator. So something to look forward to. Well, we'll certainly put that in the show notes um, on people's favorite podcasts channel so that they can get access to that. I think that's going to be a really interesting session for people to to, to sort of click into and, and learn more. Normally, as I start to come towards the end of the session, I ask um, normally one of our guests a couple of questions. But as we've got multiple people here, what I'll do um, is maybe split the questions uh, rather than ask the same couple of questions to every one of the panel. So, Len, what, my first question is, you get a crystal ball, you're able to look into the future and see where we are sort of three to five years out. What does that mainframe platform look like? So you're able to just look out, get a view. You're not allowed to pick any stock prices, pick lottery numbers. You just got to look out to the mainframe's future. Where do you see the mainframe three to five years out? I see it becoming the basis for the secure infrastructure that it provides for the hybrid cloud, multi-cloud environments that everybody is now starting to strive towards. It was kept at arm's length for quite some time while people were trying to figure out whether they should move everything off to the cloud or you know, replace their mainframes. And sometimes modernization was really meaning replacing a mainframe with something else that they considered more modern, but that's not happening. And especially now with all of the security issues everybody's had and are seeing, we just saw what affected our whole, almost the whole Eastern half of the United States. Um, we know that if they had that uh, technology in place instead, that would have not have happened. And there's been many more other incidents. It's starting to really become more of reality. And I see it uh, really, taking off even more so than it has already with those that already know about this and are implementing it as fast as they can. So that's kind of my prediction, Stephen. Thank you for that, Len. The second question I ask, Brian, we have a lot of students who kind of listening to the show. You get the opportunity to go backwards this time. You get the opportunity to go back to your younger self, 21, 22, what advice would you be giving to your younger self, given the hindsight that you've had chance throughout your career? Yeah, um, it's an excellent question. And, and I think it's advice that I might have kind of passively taken for myself without even giving it to myself. But my biggest bit of advice is that this is an industry of people. Um, the technology is all fascinating and there's lots of different technology out there. 
but what makes things actually work are the people that you generate professional relationships with um, and rely on to get things done. And that couldn't have been made more clear to me in my recent journey with IBM and Viacom. Whether it's Len, Vinny, uh, Alex, who couldn't make it from Viacom, um, Lee Compton and her advice, the people at the Hyperprotect Accelerator at IBM, Chris Poole and Sanjay Sekharan, all of these people at IBM and at Viacom have been incredible advocates. They've been patient and they've been empathetic supporters of private keys early journey. And it's just been a really great experience. And it's something I think going back, telling my younger self is, is hold on to those people, develop those relationships and be one of those people to other people you work with. Fantastic. I think that's excellent advice and certainly consistent with other guests. Well, guys, this has been a fantastic podcast. Great to welcome a new mainframer to the clan, Brian. Um, really you. excited by what you guys are doing with the technology. I think we're going to see some interesting technology coming from this collaboration going forward. We'll certainly share the details in the show notes. So thanks very much for joining us on the show. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Len. Thanks, Thank you, Stephen. So, Thank you. So you've, been, so you've been listening to the I'm a Mainframer podcast. My name's Stephen Dickens. I've been your host today. If you've liked what you've heard on the show, please click and subscribe. Um, I'm told by our team that um, we get a better ranking on the algorithms if you click and like and, and give us a five-star rating. So please do that. As I mentioned, we'll put the details of the upcoming webinar for Private Key and Viacom and the Kicks team in the show notes. But thanks very much for joining us. And we'll see you again on the I'm a Mainframer podcast.